This morning, I'm excited about the sermon. I hope that you are or will be because we're going to be talking about, as Brother Dan said, flourishing in God's house. Flourishing. Now, uh, I believe this morning that God wants you and me to flourish and not just merely exist. In fact, flourishing is a key Bible theme. If you studied throughout the Old and the New Testament, oh, and you say, Pastor, you're going down the line, going down the avenue of the prosperity, uh, prosperity preachers. Let me stay with me. You'll find out. But God does want us to prosper. If you do not have your outline, please raise your hand. It is just a great outline. We spent a lot of time preparing that. Lift your hand or raise your hand. <clears throat> and Brother Stephen, make sure you have one. I have selected the Amplified Bible for our uh, reading this morning. The, and I know it's wordy, but it is very explanatory. It, it explains these verses well. And so I'm going to be reading from the Amplified, and I'm going to the tech, take my text from uh, Psalms 92, verses 12 through 14. The Bible says the righteous will flourish like the date palm, long-lived, upright, and useful. The palm, it says, is long-lived upright and useful they will grow i'm talking about the righteous will grow like a cedar in lebanon majestic and stable planted i love that word planted that word planted means to be fixed in place or engrafted planted in the house of the lord so if you're not a person that attends the house of the Lord, I'm not too sure you're flourishing. Well, that's what the psalmist says here. In the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper. And I love this one. In old age. Wow. You and I that are getting close or there, you... And rejoice that even in old age we're going to be able to and will bear fruit. They will flourish and be vital and fresh. I like that word, fresh. Rich in trust and love and certainly in contentment. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. Powerful scripture this morning. In fact, this whole 92nd uh, Psalm is just very, very good. Uh, I've read it several times recently, and it's, it, is, it is very, very good. Notice your introduction, our life. What do you mean life? What is meant by life? Three things. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. That's basically what our life consists of. Our time, our talent, and our treasure, our money. Where do you put your money? You can usually tell what a person is involved in and where they uh, 
operate in is by their calendar and their checkbook or wherever you record your finances. Our life, time, talent, and treasure is a seed. So our time is a seed. Our life is a seed. Where we choose to plant our seed determines the growth that will be produced in our lives. Some people choose to sow their seed into other ground like work or sports. And as time goes by, they wonder why they have less and less time to spend with their family and are even more in debt than ever before. That is because they are sowing their seed into other ground and not into God's kingdom, God's house. And they find themselves coming up short. They find themselves empty. The name Cortero, this lady writes, a few years back, my husband and I gave all we had to building our business. We gave hours, time, finances, invested our own money and talent, worked on developing our skill because we thought that we would give, it would give us personal fulfillment and freedom. But at the end of the day, we found ourselves working more hours than ever before, more in debt and struggling in our own relationships. On the outside, it looked like we're doing great, but inside we knew something was not working. One night, we decided to go to Wednesday night service at our church, and that night the pastor shared Psalms 92 and 12. And that in order for our lives to flourish, we needed to be planted in the house of the Lord. We couldn't be planted anywhere else, anywhere else. It had to be in that God's house. We decided to surrender our plans for the plans and purposes of God. And today, we know that we are flourishing because we are planted in the house of the Lord. The Bible says uh, in, in Psalms, uh, let's see where I've got that recorded. In Psalms chapter 84, verse 10, a day, and this is a psalmist, a day in the courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. A day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand days at Disney World. Anywhere. On the golf course. Shopping. Anywhere. The psalmist says a day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand anywhere else. So the Lord is, is, just wants us to prosper. Number one, Roman numeral number one, the righteous shall flourish, it says here, like palm trees. Now I got to study palm trees this week and palm trees are very, I love trees anyway. Uh, we have too many trees surrounding our house, especially when storms come. We have oaks, we have Dogwoods, I'm, I'm, the, the land that we built our house on, it had hundreds of dogwood trees, oaks, and dogwoods, maples. Now, maple trees are one of my favorite trees. But the psalmist is speaking of the palm tree. Let me tell you a little bit about a palm tree. A palm tree is very 
fruitful. In fact, the palm tree is a symbol of fruitfulness. You say, what kind of fruit grows on a palm tree? Well, most of us know. Of course, there are different palm trees. Coconuts, dates, peaches, wow. Oil for margarine and soap. And you also can get palm wine. So the palm tree is very, very fruitful. The palm tree is very useful. So I believe the believer, I believe the saint of God, I believe you and I are useful. We're useful to our community. We're useful to our jobs. We're useful, hopefully, to the kingdom of God. We're useful to our churches. Not only is it fruitful, but it's upright. I mean, palm trees continue to sway when the hurricanes come and the winds blow. They are stately. They are upright. And, and, and we, the believer, the saint of God, is upright in his or her character and upright in their conversation. Jeremiah the prophet, chapter 10, verse 5, puts it this way. Speaking of a group of people said that they were as upright as a palm tree. <laughs> Stately, strong, stable. When the trials come, when the testing time comes, the believer, the person that is planted in the house of the Lord is stable and secure, steadfast. Look at number three. Their roots grow deep and they grow, listen, palm trees grow even in the desert. Palm trees grow when it's very, very dry. They survive. And that the palm tree is a symbol of victory, of victorious. I believe when you and I serve God as we should, you and I are very victorious. God wants us to be victorious. Now, I didn't say we didn't go through trials and testing times, but we're victorious. And we think about the palm tree, we think about Palm Sunday. And why do we have Palm Sunday? Because Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem on the foal of a donkey. And they took palm branches and laid before him a sign of victory. They waved those palm limbs as he came in to Jerusalem. So they're fruitful. God's people are fruitful. They're upright. God's people are upright in character. Treat people right. Live right. Speak right. Spit right. They're just upright. You'll catch on to that one after a while. They are steadfast and they are victorious. People knew what I was talking about when I first started preaching 50 years ago because people dipped a lot of snuff. I don't know that people dip snuff much today, but I still believe God's people spit white. Okay, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Number two, they're planted in the house of the Lord. Planted. They're tree. They're not a potted plant. Some Christians are potted plants. Then some Christians are palm tree Christians. Which are you? The potted plant will not allow the roots to go outside. They, they stay cumbersome. 
Are you a potted plant or are you a tree? Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If you're planted in the house of the Lord, and I believe it means church. I believe it means the temple of God, the courts, the gates. We'll get to that in just a moment. It can also mean the kingdom of God. Somebody said, I serve God. Must be many people today out on the golf course sitting mumbling under an oak tree or whatever, but I believe we need to go to the house of the Lord. You can see, man, you're here. They're planted. Let me ask you something. Where are your roots planted? They're planted in the house of the Lord. As you serve God, are you easily uprooted? Are you stable? Are you strong in the Lord? You stand strong for God? No matter when people around you are living ungodly and careless and all the things that go on? Sadly, we are living in a time when the vast majority of believers are not planted in the house of the Lord. I ran across this article from Barna Group, the Barna Group. Five reasons people have stopped attending church. So you want to know why these pews are empty? Let me give you five reasons why they are. Number one, the church is irrelevant. The leaders are hypocritical. And leaders have experienced too much moral failure. And we've gone through that over the years. I cringe when I see the headlines of the failures of pastors ministers, church leaders. But that's what people look at. Now, Barna groups all these three reasons together because that's one of the reasons that especially millennials had quit going to church. Number two, God is missing in the church. Oh, we got pews and carpet and music and singing. All over, the, all over America and all over the world where people go to church. But one of the reasons that people have quit is because God is missing. People go to church looking for God but are having difficulty finding him. In an age where perception is reality, you can't ignore this criticism. The scarcity of personal experience with God is disturbing. I didn't like to go to school sometimes. I lived on the farm and I love hunting, riding horses, the activities. But I went to school. Mom said, you're gonna to go to school. So we got up early in the morning, Miss Judy, and we got on that bus 35. We drove, we lived one of the furthest ways away from school where we went. Day after day, week after week, month after month. Miss Chamberlain, Miss Pulling would teach us, and I sat down, sometimes not wanting to be there. Maybe, maybe there are times you in church you don't want to be there. 
Maybe you're not going to go on Wednesday night. Man, we've been having some great things on Wednesday night. Brother Michael has taught this past uh, Sunday, and we've been teaching on James. We've been through Romans. We've been through Paul's epistles. It's exciting. Oh, sometimes it's boring. Sometimes I don't even want to come when I'm preaching. But I go, and I went to school. And I've benefited from it. I couldn't stand up here and preach to you if I didn't go to school. I couldn't read. I couldn't add. I could not have gotten a job and supported my family if I didn't go to school. And me not wanting to go to school, like I'm going to lean to that and give in to that? No, I'm going. We need to say, bless God, I'm going to pull myself, by my, myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to church. Church is not a bad word. And we do have church, I believe, on Sunday morning. We have church on Wednesday night. We have church on Friday night. There are a lot of activities that we can be in. God is missing. A legitimate doubt is prohibited. One reason people won't, won't go to church, sinners and people, listen to what it says. In many conservative churches, legitimate questions are dismissed with pat and often trite answers. We shouldn't be so quick to criticize people. Maybe they're not living right like we want them to. Pray for them, love them, put your arms around them. In many liberal churches, there is often so much ambiguity that questions that actually can be answered are left unresolved. The world don't have... People that don't know God don't have answers. You think Washington's got an answer for this country? Not by the Harry Yochini Chin Chin. They don't have an answer. So legitimate doubt is prohibited. Number four, they're not learning about God. Listen to what one woman said. One couple that attends our church, this is from another writer, told me that they tried to go back to the church when their kids were young only to give up in frustration after a year to reason. They couldn't understand anything the pastor taught. I hope I'm not guilty. I hope we're not guilty of that in this church. They couldn't understand anything the pastor. The woman said it was like he was speaking a foreign language. I've been in those churches. And they'll stand up there for 30 minutes and you scratch your head and say, what, what is he talking about? What is he really talking about? Every one of us has listened to sermons for 45 minutes, only to walk out the door tremendously unclear about what he or she was saying. You say, what's the solution to that? Be clear. Amen? Speak clear. Speak the word of God. People don't preach the word anymore. They don't talk about that piece of wood hanging back there on the wall. They don't talk about the cross anymore. They're not learning about God. And finally, they're not finding community. Sad to say a lot of people, when you go to their church, 
My wife and I have been to churches, not one person spoke to us. We walked in unspeakable and walked out. Nobody ever spoke to us. Community. Let me say something important. Nobody should be able to out-community the local church. I mean, if there's friendship, fellowship, connection anywhere, it should be in the church. So that's five reasons why millenniums millennials have quit church. Number three, the importance of being planted in the church. So we're planted in the church. Also, we certainly need to be planted in the Word of God. Number one, here, now listen. Are you struggling about being in church? Here's some reasons why you should be in church. First of all, Jesus designed us to be interdependent, not independent. Let me say that one more time. It's good. <laughs> Jesus designed us to be interdependent and not dependent. Did I read it right? I'm sorry. I blew that statement. Jesus, and preachers, you can't understand them. They say, make all kinds of things. <laughs> I love that. Paul said, bear with me a little bit in my folly. So I'll say the same thing. Jesus designed us to be interdependent and not independent. He designed us to be like this. Not, not out yonder somewhere. Not separated. Not long rangers. Amen. Matthew 18 and 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Not one. It's important that we're together. If one can put a thousand, two can put how many? Ten thousand. How important it is, it is for us to be together. If two walk together, one falls, one can reach down and pick them up. No wonder people suffer, torn up emotionally, defeated spiritually because they're not connected with anything hardly connected to the body of christ the greatest connection in the world is to the house of god where people serve god love you put their arm around you it's important it causes number two us to be others focused rather than self-focused are you others focused self-focus you talk about yourself live for yourself are you concerned about others are you concerned about their suffering we need to be active amen we don't need just to sit and soak we need to be active for the Lord number three you will bear much fruit and you will remain fresh and you will Flourish. That's when you gather together. Number four, when planted in God's house, we now listen, this is, this is important. When planted in God's house, we choose to position ourselves in a safe, protected place that is strong and stable in times of the stormy trials that can come our way. How important it is to be in a place that you're under the five-fold ministries. It's important. It's important that we are protected by a leader. 
that cares for you, prays for you. When we isolate ourselves off out there, we open ourselves up for danger. And it's important that we come together. Number five, look at it. We're living in the last days and it is time for us to be connected like never before. Amen? Like never before. Hebrews 10, 25. I wanted to read from the NIV. Notice what it says. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Would you say some are in the habit of doing that? Not meeting together. Because I don't know where they are. Now listen at me. I know that we're going through a hard time with COVID. And I know there are a lot of people or some people that will not come because of that. I understand that. But God knows where we are. He knows why we stay out. He knows why we punch the clock. And so I'm not going to be there. I'm just not going to be there. It's very important. As some are, in half, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So we shouldn't get slack in our church attendance, especially now. I don't know whether you believe this or not, but we're living in the last days. We're living when the enemy is out to destroy you, the church. Destroy truth and the principles of God and God's word. And he'd like for every church to close its doors. It's we're living in the last days. And here, the writer of Hebrews said, don't. To assemble yourselves together. Don't stop at nothing. We're living in the last days. Let me ask you this. What is your habit on Sunday? What is your habit on Wednesday night? What is your habit on Friday night? Brother, you shouldn't mention those things. I don't want you to put me under a guilt trip. I hope I could. Maybe not. I just feel like that the church needs to be the church. And I feel like that we will be a people that is flourishing, not empty, stale, feeble, weak, suffering from malnutrition because we need the Word of God. And that's what we do here at the church. We teach it. We preach it. We sing it. The Word of God. It's important, somebody say amen. David looked at this. David looked at this with uh, a serious thought. Psalms chapter 100, I love this. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. How? With gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. Drag it in. All down in the mouth. Didn't say it that way. Come before his presence with singing. Hallelujah. Not late. On time. Early. Prepared. Amen. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates. Thanksgiving. Isn't that beautiful? Boy, David had the right opinion about going to church. 
enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his true, I love this one, endures to all generations. Wow. He entered Psalms 104. He entered that way. He didn't wait to get there to get pumped up. He was already serving God. He was on fire for God. He's, he was putting one foot before the other real fast, and he entered the gates with thanksgiving, into the courts with praise. There is a wonderful progression in this verse, verse 4. As we come to God's gate, that's when we first enter. In the Old Testament, where they first entered to the courts before they went to the temple, but they worshiped in the courts. They sang in the courts and offer our gift of thanksgiving. That's when we get into the gates. And then we walk into his courts singing his praise on the church lot, in the parking lot. We're excited about being there. There's a beam in our eye and excitement in our step. And we said, let's get in the house of the Lord because that's where I'm going to find strength and stability and power and fellowship. Whoa. God, I believe this. Oh, you're just trying to get people in church. Well, that's one reason. But I want to see people blessed. I want to see you flourish, grow, be fruitful, be fruitful. How am I going to be fruitful? Flourishing in the house of the Lord as we approach his throne. We lift up our hands in thanksgiving and praise. That's how it goes. From gates to courts, right on and right on. Finally, we kneel in humble submission to his will. Listen, God wants the church and to have the power of God. The only way we're going to affect the world that we're in today is through and by the anointing and the power of God. Carnality is not going to do that. Flimsy serving the Lord is not going to do that. Half-heartedness is not going to do that. It's the man or the woman that is planted in the house of the Lord. That's what the psalmist is talking about. He serves with gladness. So we're looking at David's approach to the house of the Lord. Brother Matt and team, would you come? Listen at me real careful as they come. Are you flourishing? Be honest with yourself. Are you flourishing in home? Are you really enjoying each other at home or just existing? Answer that. Your own self, not to anyone else. Am I flourishing? Am I active? Or do I just sit and soak and go out and do my own thing. God wants you to flourish. And this morning as we come to the altar, I would like for us to, to answer that question in our own heart. 
And if there's an area where you feel like that you need to say, Lord, I've not put my best foot forward in this. I've not done my best. I've allowed other things to keep me from being where I really and truly ought to be in the house of the Lord. This is a good church. Let me say it again. This is a good church. The leadership in this church, we, we mentioned those, that first one, the church is irrelevant. The leaders are hypocritical and leaders have experienced too much moral failure. That's not Bethel. Let me say it again strongly. That's not Bethel. The leadership in this church is strong, faithful, rooted and grounded in God's Word. I'm talking about the leadership. There's nothing like being in God's will. It's not just a sermon that pastor preaches. It's God's word. We flourish when we're in planted in the house of the Lord and we don't flourish. It's what I'm getting by. Yeah, we can get by. But are we successful as we should be? Are we excited in our walk with God? He said, oh, I don't know. I go through this and I go through that. We all go through this and that and the other. You got a minute or an hour? I'll tell you some things we go through. We should not let things stop us from being where God wants us to be. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's so true. I want us to come to the altar in just a moment. You can wear your mask or whatever, but... Let's, let's, let's just take all this. Let's take this sermon. Say, Lord, I really and truly want to be a person that I flourish in you. I want to be fruitful. That's really flourishing. That's really flourishing. Biblical flourishing is outward focus. Biblical flourishing is when we take time to praise the Lord. Biblical flourishing, but the culture vision of flourishing, it, it elevates and glorifies man. You say, what is flourishing? The world's idea of flourishing is all about us. We sing a song, concentrate on it. Forget about ourselves. Pray with me. Father, we love you today. Lord, we thank you. <laughs> we thank you that we're right now where your word tells us to be. And that is planted. Growing like the palm tree. Stately. Strong. Secure. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. Sing with them.
and then we'll have you to assault it come stand with us and have us all to come to the altar I just want to speak the name of Jesus Break every 
souls. I don't know where it's at in your life, if there are some, but I feel like there's several. There's strongholds. Satan has just bound you. We're going to pray the prayer of faith, and we're going to see some strongholds broken. And you pray. You ask God, Lord, break this stronghold in this area of my life. I struggle with fear for years. And I cried out to God, God, break this stronghold. I almost destroyed my marriage. But Jesus Christ came in and broke that stronghold. I don't know what you, you're dealing with, whether it's fear, whether it's lust, whether it's jealousy, whether it's pride. I don't know what it is. It may be unbelief. There's a difference in doubt and unbelief. We all struggle with doubt, but not with unbelief. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're struggling with right now, we're gonna believe the Lord and God's gonna break that stronghold. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray against every stronghold. We, Lord, stand against it. We speak your word speak your word in jesus name lord you said speak and it shall be done you said claim and it shall be done you said knock and it shall be open unto us ask and we shall receive seek lord we will seek in you this morning to break those strongholds in jesus name in jesus name sing that chorus one more time brother and Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. Sing it. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus special prayer. If you are and you'd like for us to pray, just lift up that hand and we're going, to, we're going to begin to pray. Okay? Praise God. Hallelujah. Need some ladies here to pray. Someone else? Anyone else? Come on. Let's, let's, let's reach out and touch the Lord this morning. That's why we're here. Listen, church, that's the reason we're here is to reach out and touch people. You want us to pray, just slip up that hand. Hallelujah. Re reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. You'll find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment. Your needs to lose the love. 
sing it again. We're going to go up on it. Here we go. And touch the Lord as He goes by. Sing it, church. You'll find Hallelujah. And I hear some say, reach out and touch the Lord. I don't see the Lord. He's here. How do I touch him? I can't reach out and touch him like I can touch Miss Carol. You know how you can reach out and touch the Lord? By exercising faith. And when you exercise faith, when you believe God, when you've asked him, when you've asked him to break that stronghold, and then you begin to praise him, and by faith you're praising God, and that stronghold has been broken. Whatever it was. We believe the Lord right now. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. You'll find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing, He's passing by. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we're planted in the house of the Lord. We thank you that we're planted in your word. God, we thank you for our families, our homes. We thank you, Lord, for this church. And God, I pray that you would infuse into people's lives a real desire to be in your house, planted stable, secure, thriving, living an exciting life because, dear God, they're receiving sap from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Turn around, shake hands. God bless you. Have a good day.